Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Betting Pros PGA podcast. I'm Pat Fitzmorris, joined once again by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Bo McBrayer. You can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. You can find Bo at Bo underscore McBigTime. And we are going to preview the Sony Open Uh, the second leg of the two-leg Hawaiian swing for the PGA Tour. We're going to recap the century from last week, and um, we're going to give you some of our favorite bets and our one-and-done picks for this week. So, uh, well, Bo, we have one event in 2024 in the books, and the winner was a guy we weren't really on last week. It was Chris Kirk winning the century with a score of 29 under, beating Sahith Thigala by a stroke. And it's funny, Bo, at the midpoint of the century, it looked like we were going to get one of the big guns as a winner. It was Scotty Scheffler leading after two rounds with Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland two shots back. Sungjae Im and Tyrrell Hatton, I believe, were just one shot back. But Chris Kirk prevailed, uh, deservedly so, and now he rolls into the Sony Open, the second event of the Hawaii Swing. And he's got a pretty intriguing track record at the Sony, so could we possibly get a Hawaii sweep? More on that in a minute, but first... If you want a chance to win a free one-year premium Betting Pros subscription, you need to subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video, and that is it. We will be announcing a winner right here on the channel, so make sure to turn on those notifications so that you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. All right, Bo, let's talk about this event. The Sony Open will once again be played at Wailea Country Club in Honolulu. It is a par 70 course, and it's pretty short by tour standards, measuring 7,044 yards. Um, In many ways, it's like the polar opposite of the plantation course that they played the century on. Um, Kapalua has huge fairways and huge greens. Wailea, tight fairways, small greens. Um, so driving accuracy is going to be much more important this week than it was last week at Kapalua, even though the rough isn't all that penal um, here at Wailea. Approach shots are going to be a little more critical, especially with the short irons. And, of course, good putting is going to be rewarded. Um, the forecast for this tournament, calling for temperatures in the low to mid-70s. Sounds pretty good right now since I'm going to be shoveling six inches of snow tomorrow here in uh, the Chicago (laughs) suburbs. And um, a slight chance of rain on Thursday afternoon. Could be a little breezy on Friday. Winds in the 16-mile-per-hour range. Uh, But for the most part, the weather should be pretty agreeable. So, uh, Bo, are you a fan of of Wailea Country Club and this event in general? Is there anything that stands out to you about the course? Any notes you want to share? Yeah, so the course is kind of an opposite of the plantation course for Kapalua in that it's short. It requires different skill sets. At the same time, it's still an island resort course. You're still dealing with a similar field, just an expanded one at that. 
so there's going to be some overlapping performers here uh, where Kapalua, a lot of times we, we overrate driving distance because of how long the course is. And, and that came to fruition again last week with Chris Kirk shooting a really low Sunday. He had a great weekend, came through with the win because he made the most putts. And that's what it kind of came down to. And at, at Wildlife Country Club, which is a course that had an, a Nintendo 64 game, uh, it was completely, it was the first, it was right along the same time as the Tiger Woods PGA Tour game. And I played a lot of both and it was fun because it was only one course loaded. There was only one player you could use, but you got to play Wildlife Country Club in its current form too, just with a par 72. Uh, very demanding off the tee for as far as accuracy. Uh, there's going to be no bearing on driving distance on this course whatsoever. Uh, the, a lot of these guys are long enough to where they're actually going to be dialing back and hitting long irons, driving irons, fairway medals off the tees just to find the fairway. Because last year, what they uh, what they found is that if you increase the length of the rough by three quarters of an inch from two and a quarter inches to three inches, the scoring was down by, I think, five strokes from the year's previous average. So we're, we're talking about a, a course that does have some teeth. It has a little bit more exposure to trade wins than Kapalua does. So this, this is not going to be your scoring birdie fest like we saw last week when the weather was calm and tranquil and the course was ripe for the pickings. Uh, I, I do think with an expanded field, this course is going to have some a long shot winner. Uh, and we have some really nice odds that will expose the books to uh, bets by people who know who does well here. There's a lot of correlation between guys that have played well in Hawaii in general and also have come here and have played this course before. And if, if you're of a certain skill set and you've in this course seems to fit your eye, there's a lot of guys in the history of this tournament that have come back and played well year over year. And that includes our defending champion of the event, which we'll cover in a little bit. Yeah, this is um, one of those events where it's horses for courses. Like you do see some guys uh, repeating guys with strong track records tend to do well here again and again. Um, one thing I meant, forgot to mention about the course, Bo, and this is to your point about the reduced emphasis on distance. Um, we got some trees on the along the fairways here and some dog legs. So uh, mm -hmm. on the dogleg par fours, the placement of your tee shots is, is critical. And like you can get mm -hmm. in some trouble into the trees here. That and they dry out the greens and the fairways. So where we saw a lot of spongy approach landing areas and, and driving areas at Kapalua, this place is dried out and it's fast. Fairways are fast and the greens are fast. And that's going to put a more emphasis on the short game. It's going to put more emphasis on target golf. Like this, this course actually comps a lot to TPC Sawgrass in a way where you have to plan your way around the course a lot more. Kapalu is a bomb and gouge type course. This course won't allow for that. So some of those guys that did well last week just because they were muscling the course, uh, that, that's not going to work here and they're going to struggle. Yeah, and we've seen, um, although I think you can, we've seen a range of winners here. We've seen guys who, who hit it long win, but we've also seen uh, the likes of Zach Johnson win here before. Like, you can be a short hitter, a bunter, and win here. And, um, yeah, so this, unlike the Century, is a full field event. And some of the big guns who played at the Century decided not to stick around for leg two of the Hawaii swing. So no Scotty Scheffler, no Victor Hovland, no Patrick Cantlay, no Colin Morikawa. 
but uh, a few of the the bigger names stuck around. So um, we'll get to them in a minute. The defending champion here is Siwoo Kim. He beat Hayden Buckley by a shot last year. And if I recall correctly, Siwoo chipped in on the par 317th for a birdie in the final day and uh, then hit a really good fairway wood out of a bunker. Uh, something I've mm-hmm. never learned how to do uh, on 18 to help seal the deal. And finishing third last year, just three shots back, was one Mr. Chris Kirk, who now comes in hot as the defending champ. So uh, let's look at the odds, Bo. Our favorites this week, Ludwig Ober. Uh, how do you say it, Bo? It's Oberg, yeah. Oberg. It's, I, I always, we always said Aberg until we actually heard him say his own name, and it was Oberg. So that a little tiny little loop above the A yes. in the name, which I actually learned to type as I'm writing up these reports. Uh, a fantastic young golfer, uh, collegiate champion, one of the best uh, amateur golfers of the last quarter century. Uh, he's he's the class of this field as far as the odds are concerned. Yeah, everyone should know his name uh, soon because he is a world-class young player and he's going to be making a lot of noise in the years to come. He is at plus 1,400. Um, I, I know everyone young, loves the young Swede, but he is coming off a tie for 47th at the century. So he was not exactly on top of his game at Kapalua. Uh, he shot a 77 there on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I was a full fade on him too, so I'm happy to say yes. that if you listen to me, you were you were saying, hey, Ludwig not only wasn't a good fit for that course, but he was much too short to bet last week. Yeah, he was. And uh, really short odds again, a little surprising that he's only plus 1,400. Um, Tyrrell Hatton, plus 1,600. Better finish at the century than uh, Mr. Oberg. He finished, uh, Hatton did... 14th at the century. Matthew Fitzpatrick also played well at the century, plus 1,800. And interestingly, the three players with the shortest odds here, Oberg, Hatton, and Fitzpatrick, all making their debuts at the Sony. None of them have mm-hmm. ever played this event before. Uh, then we've got Brian Harmon and past winner Russell Henley at plus 2,000. Corey Connors, the Canadian ball striker extraordinaire at plus 2,500. And Eric Cole is plus 2,800 on DraftKings. Anyone you're partial to among the favorites, Bo? So right there, you mentioned that those top three uh, shortest odds getters are uh, first-timers at Sony Open. Well, uh, that doesn't play well here at all. Uh, This course is very unique on the PGA Tour. You mentioned it's very short by tour standards. It's one of the shortest courses on the Rota. Uh, this is going to be a really tough ask for them to come up with a performance that meets those odds. Even if you're just making a top five or top ten bet with those three shortest guys, I wouldn't do it. I'm starting with Russell Henley and Brian Harmon. Those two guys are extremely accurate off the tee, which is going to be paramount here. On top of that, this is a second shot golf course that requires approach distances with the short and mid irons. They're some of the best ball strikers from those distances on tour overall, regardless of how strong the field is. And on top of that, par four scoring and par four birdie making is going to be paramount this week. And those guys all pop up in those stat models as the best plays. Russell Henley, Brian Harmon are where I start. Uh, Corey Connors checks the boxes from tee to green but his short game is atrocious and short game not just putting but chipping is going to be very important here too because the greens are very small and the greens are very fast so it's going to be really hard for a lot of these guys to not just get close to the hole but to hit these greens 
compared to last week, it's a total juxtaposition of, of skill set. And so Corey Connors' short game demands are going to be tough on him. Eric Cole is one of my favorite golfers to root for last year's Rookie of the Year. Um, he's got the chops to be there. I want to see his odds slip a little bit farther back, maybe into that 30 to 35 range. If that happens, I'll be all over him. Yeah, I thought we might get a better price on Cole than this. The odds are a little shorter than I was hoping for, so I, I can't quite embrace him. I don't know, boy. I, I kind of like Fitzpatrick a little bit at plus 1,800 just because I, I know what you're saying about course familiarity being key, but it feels to me, and I, I don't know what the statistical correlation is between this event and the RBC Heritage, but in some ways, this course reminds me a little bit of that course um, w- where we saw Fitzpatrick win last year and and has played historically well. He's a world-class player, number eight in the world ranking. Um, was playing at such mm-hmm. a high level in the FedEx Cup playoffs with a couple of top tens there to close out 2023 and opened in good form at Kapalua. So I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by him, wondering if he might be a guy who can sort of defy the... Um, you know, historical bias against first timers in this event. And the other guy like Bo, I, you mentioned Corey Connors and yes, his uh, putting is, is not always there and not a very good chipper, good around the greens. Um, but he is such a great ball striker. And like, if he can just keep hitting those greens, I think he's got a chance. And like, I, I think the small greens sort of favor a guy who's as good with his irons as Corey Connors is. And by the way, in his last four appearances at the Sony, he has finished third, 12th, 11th and 12th. So this course is clearly yeah. a good fit for him. Uh, just a matter mm-hmm. of whether he can have a good week with the flat stick. Right. Yeah. And he's extremely streaky. Uh, as we've known, if you've been betting golf for any number of years, Corey Connors will both bless you and burn you in, a, in any given season. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll, you'll go through the trials and tribulations of, of golf betting just by being a Corey Connors guy. Uh, I've gone through six month stretches where I refuse to bet him for any odds because he burned me so bad. Like we're talking a guy who should win some of these tournaments that line up with his eye more often than he does. And when he does win, it's usually on a course that's more wide open, despite how good he is from Tita Green. He doesn't necessarily do well on places with fast tracks. He's more of your target golf type of guy. But I, I, I do like his course history here. Do I think he's the caliber of golfer that's going to take that next step and defeat uh, that top 10 streak that he's got and turn it into a win. I don't know that he's that good to, especially for odds less than 20 to one. I don't know if he's that type of golfer. And so I'm more at odds with his odds than I am with the person and the golfer himself, because he's won me money before he's lost me money before. I just don't know that this is his week to say, Hey, I'm Corey Connors and 2024 is going to be my year. I just don't believe in that. Yeah. 20, 25 to one for the record Bo. but uh, admittedly, yes, better on a guy only to watch him repeatedly miss six footers can be very uh very fr- <laughs> frustrating um friends download the betting pros app for ios and android sync your sports books in less than a minute to automatically track your bets across all sports books in one spot after syncing you will enjoy access to detailed bet analytics by sports and by bet type including game picks props and parlays 
You'll also get insights and personalized recommendations for props, game picks, and more tailored to your interests. To enjoy the benefits of Sportsbook Sync, download the Betting Pros app by visiting bettingpros.com apps or search Betting Pros in the App Store. All right, Bo, I am fascinated by some of the guys in the plus 3,000 to plus 4,000 range. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's start with Chris Kirk. Plus 3,000, and he's coming off that win at Kapalua, and with his history at this tournament, uh, four top five finishes and 13 career starts at the Sony Open, including a third-place finish last year and a second-place finish in 2021. The funny thing is, Bo... I was going to be interested in betting Kirk this week anyway, so I was sort of dismayed when he won the century, and I figured it would just uh, like cause him to be listed as one of the favorites in this event. Not so um, at, at plus 3,000. It seems to me like there's still some value here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's value, and I don't expect it to last. So if you're watching this on a Tuesday or Wednesday early, uh, just know that these odds are on a, on a ski slope. It's it's not going to stay at 30 to 1 very long. Uh, as, the sharp, uh, as the sharp betting public gets more involved in this field, uh, we're going to see we're going to see that number come down 20 to 25 would be my target area 25 or shorter I'm not interested anymore but if he stays if he stays at 25 to 30 then we're we're all systems go because Chris Kirk loves it here he loves playing in Hawaii in general and he has that all around skill set that we're looking for uh, we're we're not saying he's great at Kapalua and not great at, at Wailai even though they're very different courses he doesn't have many weaknesses He's not the he's not your uh, master of none jack of all trades. He's just solid all around the board, and with a, a guy like that, you can trust him, especially when the odds don't line up with how much success he's had here and how hot he is right at this moment. This is a green flag all the way until if he if he goes shorter than twenty five, then I might be put off by it. But I'm pleasantly surprised that we have this betting window on Chris Kirk because he pops up in the top five of my model no matter how I scratch it. I was really expecting plus 2,000 to open. And right. uh, to get him at this price right. just seems like it's it's really nice value. This is why we bet golf is to find dis- find advantages in the lines. Make your own lines before you look at the professional ones. The casinos uh, are going to react to money coming in. That's what their, their job is to do is to balance it out where they make their juice either way. They're just going to go based on mo- movement of money. There's going to be a lot of money flowing in on Chris Kirk as the week progresses. So uh, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, he doesn't have the big name that some of the other favorites. You know, he's he's not as uh, well known as Matthew Fitzpatrick or Tyrrell Hatton. But like, I, this just seems like such a nice setup for him. Uh, also, a plus three three thousand Sahith Thigala, who was in the hunt down the stretch at uh, the Century. Mm-hmm. JT Poston plus three thousand. Byung Hun An plus three thousand. Siwoo Kim. The defending champion plus three thousand, and then we've got Cam Davis at plus thirty five hundred, Justin Rose at plus four thousand, Hideki Matsuyama at plus four thousand, and Harris English, uh, who's played this event pretty well historically, plus four thousand. What about the players in this range, Bo? Is there anyone you're partial to? Um, I really like JT Poston and Siwoo Kim from what I can see right this moment is at 35 to one, which is even better uh, as the defending champion of this event. Uh, somebody who is also one of the most accurate T-ball players 
and gets streaky hot. And last year he got really hot. And this is this is a guy who is just one of those guys that can put together an incredible round in the clutch because he's not scrambling to find fairways. And that's where I kind of off of Sahith Thigala because last week we kind of we kind of could tell that this is the kind of course that was going to be he's a lot like Jordan Spieth. His short game's phenomenal, but he needs a course that has wide fairways for giving off the tee because if he's if he's forced to find fairways, he's not going to do well. Uh, that's why he's he's off the board for me completely on this course. Uh, Poston's had great success here. Ben on uh, short game wise, he's a lot like the Gala where he's a terrible putter and he's also kind of iffy off the tee. I, I wouldn't bet on him, but Siwoo Kim having the prior success uh, defending his trophy here. Uh, I had him. I had him and uh, uh, the the runner up last year bet. So I didn't care who won. <laughs> it was like I win either way. I had top five bets and overall bets on both of those guys last year at this event. Uh, but I'm off the gala and Ben on. I'm on JT Poston and Siwoo Kim and of course Chris Kirk if the line holds steady enough. Yeah. Um. Now let's talk about some of the players with odds longer than plus 4,000. Um, one guy who's kind of interesting is, is Matt Kuchar. I mean, talk about a horse for a course. Um, yes, he's getting older and maybe not as big a threat to win as he has been in the past, but in his last eight starts at the Sony dating back to 2014, he has five top eight finishes, including a win <laughs> in 2019 um it's a long way to go back though <laughs> it is a long way to go back admittedly uh but yeah the, the course history is good here and another guy i kind of find myself drawn to Bo, for the ball striking is alex noren at uh plus six thousand. he's only played this event once i believe finishing 32nd in 2020 but uh just a such a fantastic ball striker i'm a little intrigued by him at uh longer odds is there anyone you like among the longer or long shots so the guy that popped up for me beside harris english of course who has great history here and then of course you said noren noren statistically lines up here i just don't trust him to win like he's he's one of those stat model guys that always pops up at courses like this yes. and then at the end of the day you look at the standings and he's nowhere near where you expected him to be because of uh ball striking or whatever it's like yeah we can we can be analytical about it look at the stats but and we can do all the things from the past but as it is now i don't like matt kuchar because his recent form has been atrocious i can't stand watching him play right now he's he's been awful and that that pays a lot more uh, to credence to what this event is about. Yes, prior history matters, but current form matters more to me. I weight that heavier. Uh, Alex Noren is not a guy I usually bet outright because I don't think I've, he's ever won anything, in, at least not in a really long time. And the one guy that popped up for me that has won recently and played extremely well last year, despite or last week, despite uh, not being necessarily a great fit for Kapalua, was Akshay Batia. We're talking about a guy who uh, won the Fortinet last year and or no, he won the Barracuda last year in Lake Tahoe on a very, very similar course to this. Very short, tight, fast. And this is the kind of field where he's he's at an advantage as a as an approach player with wedges. He was top 10 in the PGA Tour last year. 
as a person who has a great short game and a new putter. Uh, he went to the broomstick putter last week, and that was where he made the biggest difference. Was his weakness last year was putting the ball, getting making the birdies that he was supposed to make after hitting great approach shots. And last week, where it was pretty much a putting contest, Akshay Batia was rolling him in all day. And I, I just love his fit for this course in particular. I did not expect his performance from last week. I'm very encouraged by his recent form. And this guy's a phenom. He's he's up there in talent with Ludwig Oberg. He's just getting a lot less credit for it because he didn't go to college and dominate the, the collegiate ranks like Oberg did. Uh, this guy dropped out of high school, didn't go to college at 17 because he wanted to be a pro golfer. That was his lot in life, and he's turning it into a real career. I love this kid, and he's a 50 to 1. I just can't get enough of that number right there. Yeah, Akshay Batia, terrific young player, and maybe this is the breakthrough year for him. So uh, that, that it, it certainly looks like it. And, and, Bo, I mean, like, take the value while you can get it because his odds are going to get shorter and shorter as uh, Ooh, yeah. the results start piling up for him. So, all right, Bo, as of now, what do you got on your betting card for the Sony Open? Well, I would like to go over a couple long shots because there's a couple guys that are oh, really deep in these betting odds. By all means. Uh, last year's runner-up, which is uh, Hayden Buckley. So Hayden Buckley, the running joke with me last year was that Hayden Buckley, if you took away his Friday scoring average, he was the best scoring average on the PGA Tour, better than John Rahm, better than Scotty Scheffler. His scoring average on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday was 67.3. His scoring average on Fridays was 73-something, so it knocked him down to, I think, 14th overall in scoring average. But he missed some cuts because of his poor Friday performances. But if he made the weekend, he was spectacular. He nearly won last year, but until Siwoo Kim kind of climbed back and, and pulled one out of a hat. Hayden Buckley is coming in at 150 to 1 this week. And we're talking about an uber talented golfer who just happens to not be quite there at, at putting four rounds together. But he put four rounds together last year at this event. His game fits this course like a glove. I think 151 is an insult to the golf type of golfer Hayden Buckley is. And then Dylan Wu at 150 to 1 as well. He was absolutely amazing last year. One of the most consistent golfers on the PGA Tour last season overall. He's getting no respect this week, despite how many times he popped up in top 20s of the leaderboards last year, regardless of course. This guy is all around solid. And with another year under his belt after last season, having a great rookie season, Dylan Wu is a guy that's on my radar this year as a, as a breakout winner and somebody who can definitely get more respect coming coming back with a good result this week. We need to get Ric Flair to endorse some sort of Wu parlay with Dylan Wu and Si Woo Kim. Uh, so <laughs> I like that. All right. Uh, so what do you got, Bo? What's on your what's on your card as of now? So I have outright bets on Brian Harmon and Russell Henley, Chris Kirk, Akshay Batia, and then I, I went quarter quarter unit outright bets with top 20 kickers with Buckley and Wu. Yeah, I might have to get on your uh, Batia and uh, Buckley wagers. You're talking me into those. As of now, I do have bets uh, outrights on Matthew Fitzpatrick, Corey Connors, uh, Chris Kirk, 
Kucher. Uh, no, sorry, not Kucher and uh, Alex Noren, because I figure like I- I'm not going to bother betting a top five or top ten with Noren. Like I'm I'm counting on him no. to just be <laughs> lights out with the ball striking, and that's it. And a small bet on Ryan Palmer to win at 100 to one. Like mm-hmm. he's got a pretty good history on this course. Five top twenties over the last ten years. Um, and then I have let's see a top five on Corey Connors at plus six hundred, and a top five on Christian Kirk. Uh, Chris Kirk, sorry, at getting my football, my golf mixed up. Plus 650 <laughs> for Chris Kirk to finish top five. And Cooch, uh, a top 10 bet at plus 450. Yeah. I know the form's been terrible, so that's uh, like I wanted to cast a wider net with him on yeah, a top you, 10. You root for him because he's a good guy, but it's like he, I think he's he's entering the twilight where I mean, he's old enough now where he, Champions Tour is on the horizon very soon. Uh, and he's 48 now, so he's yeah. he's very very live to be one of the best Champions Tour guys for a while in a couple of years. So uh, I, as far as competing with these guys, I think those days are mostly behind him. He's a good guy unless you're his caddy looking for a big tip after a win. So uh, otherwise, yeah. he's he's great. Um, two pro- <laughs> for those of you who are into props, I'll just run two of them by you. I have not bet these yet, but I found these intriguing. A top 10 parlay. With Sahith Thigala and Corey Connors at plus twenty two hundred, I know your reservations about Thigala, Bo, but uh, with top ten, I'm I'm hoping he can defy maybe some of the uh, course limitations on him. And Bo, because I can't quit Irishman Seamus Power, I'm thinking about betting him at plus twenty eight hundred <laughs> to finish as the top Eesh. European in this event. Wow, that's steep. It it narrows the field yeah. a little bit. I can't put a stamp of approval on that one. He looked awful last week. <laughs> he did look awful. And speaking of awful, Bo, for our one-and-done competition, you had Patrick Cantlay last week uh, finish tied for 12th, good for $450,000 in a field with a rather large uh, purse. Purse, yeah. And I had Wolf, Ricky Fowler, who managed to finish 56th in a 59-man field. Good for (laughs) $52,000, barely enough to pay his caddy and uh, pay for meals in Hawaii. So So I'm not going to get a big head about this gigantic lead I have over you after one event. We have a long way to go. Yes, Um, we do. You can flip the script just as soon as this week. Uh, but I, I am encouraged that I've got a, a substantial, substantial lead on, on my hands and I didn't burn through anybody elite yet. So, <laughs> so who are you going for this week, Paul? So this week I am going to go with Russell Henley as my one and done. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was one of my two choices. Boy, I'm going with Corey Connors. <laughs> Um, like I, I think Henley was, was my optimal, but, uh, you know, Connors was a close second. So I'm going to go with Connors. Yeah. I know you have reservations was, about the short game. I was going to use Henley. I was going to use Henley either this week or at Pebble beach because of the course fits. Um, but I decided it's like Henley is due and he played pretty well. So I, I think that this is the time and I'm going to kick myself if Henley plays poorly this week and wins Pebble beach, but <laughs> yes, yeah, Pebble and there are a couple, he plays some of the Florida courses too. I think hasn't he been pretty yeah. good at the Honda and um, he's good at the Wyndham too in North Carolina. So that one, that one scares me. Yeah. He's got, he's got a couple tracks that he seems to like quite a bit. So, and that folks is going to do it for our betting preview of the Sony open. We will be back next week. Week when the PGA Tour returns to the mainland and Bo's home state of California. And uh, until then, good luck with your bets. We will talk to you again next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros. 